Welcome to CalCast, your creator national podcast. Episode 78. Welcome, GNN fans, to another episode of God Network News, the podcast that tells you what God's doing around the world, not what CNN tells you, but what GNN tells you is going on in the world. If you're tired of listening to all of that crisis network news and you want to hear what God's doing, well, give us a listen. God Network News fans to another great episode. We're going to continue our stories on people movements among Muslims in Indonesia, the largest Muslim country in the world. This is part two of a series of testimonies that we're going to be sharing that we recorded from workers that are actually there on the ground, on the field in Indonesia, seeing these incredible things taking place, these incredible miracles taking place, and seeing literally tens of thousands of Muslims coming to Christ right now, not yesterday, not a year ago, uh, but right now as we speak. And so this is exciting what God's doing by His Spirit amongst Muslims in Indonesia. So let's listen to these wonderful stories in this part two of people movements happening in Indonesia amongst Muslims. As these uh, groups grow in five, six, eight generations, ten generations, we kind of wonder sometimes, are they really still like in the word? Is this really... Mm -hmm. Uh, is this really authentic? How do we know? And so different times we hear uh, as as in my role, I'm an alongsider. I'm alongside these friends as a prayer warrior, as a friend. I write up their case studies. I help share some of their materials. Um, I just pray for them and lay hands on them and, and hug them. And they're teaching me tons of stuff of what Jesus is doing out there. But I got an interesting story from uh, Lucas's partner uh, just a couple weeks ago. Um, Lucas's partner is another one of those, we'll call them Generation Zero people who's out there starting new things. Yeah. Well, he got a phone call from a Generation Five leader who said, hey, I was down at the hospital today visiting one of our sick um, members of my group, and I, and I saw a guy who was all beat up in a hospital bed, so I started witnessing it to him and very quickly found out he's one of us. Mm. Um, I asked him what had happened, and he told me that he'd been laying hands on people and praying for them in the name of Jesus. Some people got angry about that, even though there'd been some positive healings. Some neighbors heard about it, brought in some radicals, and they'd severely beaten this guy up. Oh, no. So I was I was in there. I prayed with him. I talked to him, and I figured out that he's actually um, from Gen 12. Uh, I know his mentor 
and we found who's in common that we know, and he's in Gen 12. And I was just wondering if you, Gen Zero, would be willing to call this Gen 12 guy because he's going to be in the hospital for a while. He's in pretty bad shape. Mm. He's got broken bones, broken ribs, and uh, he's probably going to be there a couple weeks. I was just wondering if you'd call and encourage him. Mm. So Gen Zero said, sure, I'll give him a ring. Uh, he calls the guy up in the hospital, and this guy tells him his story. Yeah, you know, uh, Isa Almasi has made such a difference in my life. I just feel like I can't hold it to myself. So I've been sharing with a number of people, and God's actually healed a number of our friends and relatives. I've started two small groups uh, that are um, sharing their faith and growing, and one of them's already started another group. I don't mind so much that I'm here in the hospital. I know that people who follow Isa sometimes suffer the way he suffered. Um, but I'm a little concerned that my disciples might be fearful because they hear, they've heard what's happened to me. So I do want to get out of here. But then I started thinking, why does God have me in this hospital for so long? And I thought, well, maybe I should be praying for people in the hospital, but they don't let me out of the bed. But I still pray <laughs> for some of them. That's um, great. And so I've been reflecting and I realized, you know what? Maybe God just wants me to stop for a while and spend time in the word. And so I've been reading the book of 1 Corinthians again and again. I've been through it a number of times already this week. And um, you see, I have two wives. And when I was a Muslim uh, that didn't know Jesus, I had promised that I, when I married the second wife that I would treat them both justly. Mm -hmm. And in my country, that's required. You have to basically sign a statement that I will treat uh, this second wife justly. And the first wife has to basically agree that, that this is okay. So um, the reality is I haven't treated them both the same. You know, mm -hmm. one is younger and more beautiful and the other one's had kids and, you know, runs the farm and everything. And I just haven't treated them fairly. And as I've been reading 1 Corinthians 13 about love, as I've been thinking about what it means to be a part of the body of Christ, I just feel like I need to change the way I am treating my wives. And so I feel God has just told me to stop and think about what I'm supposed to live, how I'm supposed to live. So I'm just reading Corinthians again and again, and I've been repenting and asking God to work in my life. Well, now my first Gen Zero, Gen Zero leaders, pretty tickled, first of all, that this guy is more concerned about his disciples that he's formed in Gen 13 and 14 than he is about the fact that he got beat up. He's <laughs> He's happy to hear this guy wants to continue the ministry of sharing the word and sharing uh, the power of Jesus through prayer. And he's happy that this guy's convicted of sin. And the way he's going, he's dealing with that is by going into the word of God and again and again, reading through scripture. We're talking 12 generations down from the initial DNA that taught him how to do simple Bible study yeah. methods. So what you're talking about when you say generations, you're talking about generations of church fellowships one begetting another, begetting another. And so he was the 12th generation down. So that's amazing. Somebody Already. somebody taught, uh, uh, my Gen Zero guy, a partner of Lucas, uh, has taught this group to do faithful uh, small group Bible study every week and to pray for one another and share with their friends. They've started several groups, three or four groups, who have started two or three groups, who started four or five groups, who started two or three groups. And it goes wow. down in this levels. And we have these all on, all on charts that you could see wow. on the wall. That's amazing. And they figured out this guy's down there. And Gen 12 has launched a 13, two 13s and a 14. And he is just so concerned that um, they don't stop in their faith because of what's happened to him. Yeah. Another piece of the story, though, is what do you do with somebody who has two wives? Yeah, that's you know? interesting. And I yeah. just I asked him, I said, so what'd you tell him? He said, well, I told him this. I said, brother, 
um, on the phone, I told them in the hospital, I am really proud of you for following Jesus' footsteps and being willing to suffer for the blessing of others. I see you as a leader and a servant to a lot of people, and I hope that you stand firm in your leadership in your community. Now, of course, you can't be an elder in your, in your community church because you have two wives, but don't worry about that. Lots of people in the New Testament had two wives. That's why they had to write the rule about that, that <laughs> if you're an elder, you gotta That's be right. the husband of one wife. Yeah. So don't worry about that. Be a leader, be faithful. It's, I know it's hard, it's an awkward situation, but just love them as best you can and be the best godly man that you can because a lot of your friends are in the same situation and they need to see a good example from somebody like you. Hey, let's stay in touch. Here's my WhatsApp number. Um, keep being faithful. Yeah. What a great story. Yeah, that is fantastic. No, that's beautiful. I, I love hearing these stories because it's it's you're you're really hearing the reality of what's really happening. It isn't just numbers. It isn't just, you know, principles uh, that you learn, but it's real people that are living out their faith in real situation and challenging situations and cross-cultural situations. That, that is really, really exciting to hear this uh, story. And Roger, we are so happy that you came today uh, to encourage us and to help us to see what God's doing out on the field. And um, we, you know, I often think, what would the church in, you know, more Christian, traditionally Christian countries look like if we lived like this? Mm. Let me just say that uh, if, if you ask them how to pray for them, they would not say um, pray that the persecution stops. They would say pray for boldness, that we will continue to uh, act like the Lord Jesus did, uh, loving those who oppose him. Uh, pray for more small groups where um, we're able to enter into whole families and, and let whole families come to Christ and not just individuals. Yeah. And pray that we can demonstrate the love of Christ in action by community service in ways that make sense to people. Because there's a lot of communities in our part of the world that really need a lot of help. And we're the people who are willing to give it. So pray for us in those ways. Yeah, that, that's exciting. And I want to challenge all of uh, God Network News uh, fans and followers to pray like that for these uh, men that we've been hearing their story about. And... Um, yeah, so thank you so much, Roger, for coming and inspiring us and challenging us with these stories. Pleasure to be with you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you.